Can you take a second and do me, or wait, do you the favor of just for a moment, remember when you wanted what you have right now. There was a time, whether it's two weeks, two months, two years, or 20 years ago, where you wanted the things, the people, the life, some aspect of your existence right now. There was a time, perhaps not all that long ago, where you wanted what you have right this moment. And here's the thing. You've probably already forgotten about it, right? You've probably moved on. And that feeling of satisfaction, of joy, of connection to yourself and to your life, it might be cotton balls. It might feel fuzzy because you've already forgot about it and you're on to the next thing. Let's face it. There is an epidemic of people feeling empty, unsatisfied, unsatiated, like we're just not enough. Now, to be fair, this is part of the Western mindset. This is something that we have conditioned across our culture. You might say it's part of being human, although I would I would uh, debate that, and I'll I'll present my case here in just a moment. But if you've ever felt not enough, not smart enough, not wealthy enough, not strong enough, not tall enough, not anything enough, then I hope this little micro show today will resonate. So let's set some context, right? We in the Western world live largely in a consumerist society, right? Um, Businesses take advantage of this. They cultivate a desire for more. They pull at the strings, the dopamine uh, neurochemical cocktail in our brain to want us to have more. We have a deep desire to be seen in a positive way, to acquire nice things, to uh, be first or most or best or any of the superlatives. And I want to be careful here because there are some endemic pieces of this that I support. I do support progress in life, but I think it's fair that we're smart, intelligent people to be able to hold the idea that we want to make progress in our life and juxtapose that against, or rather contrary to some of these toxic, never enough feelings that we already have. So I'm going to say this once right here. I'm going to pretend I'm looking you right in your eyes. And I want to say to you, you are enough right now. You are enough. And I also want to continue and build a little context in hopes of helping you believe that on an ongoing, regular, if not always basis. So despite all our cultural conditioning, the movies and magazines and what we see in social media, how that cultivates what we value. And, you know, there's all kinds of examples. Uh, and we know that if we scientifically, objectively open an aperture a little bit, we realize that what <laughs> the perfect face looks like is something that is perfectly symmetrical. And we all know that there are no faces like that. If we look at a face and they've done tests, you can say, I like this face more than that face. There are characteristics and those are just not human faces. 
the idea of diamonds, right? Diamonds are not not even close to the most precious stones on earth, and yet we've manufactured some set of fake values for there, there's innumerable examples. Now, again, modern society has unequivocally raised the standard of living around the world, even in the poorest countries where there is still uh, virtually an unlimited amount of work to do. We are making progress. The number of people who don't have access to clean drinking water, even just a decade ago, was in the billions, and now it's only in the hundreds of millions. So there's progress. And to be fair, um, there's ways, there's lots of ways where we can say that whether it's through technology, our ability to connect with others, or lives are better. And yet, there are downsides. You see, I'm setting up this juxtaposition, right? We have unmet human needs, physical, social, psychological, our ability to connect via FaceTime with our grandparents across the country or the world is potentially subverted or negated by the fact that we spend so much time staring at our phone and that the real world may in fact be passing us by. Reminds me of uh, Sebastian Younger, a guest we've had on the show, author, uh, filmmaker. You probably are familiar with his work. If not, it's an excellent episode. He went on this journey and talked about how sleeping in train cars and covering, you know, uh, hundreds of miles on foot or, you know, in train cars with a small group of people cooking their own food, um, sleeping on the ground, how this made him feel incredibly alive. And that is just, you know, one example of can we live in modern society and then get enough dose of that to balance out our our health, our wellness, our connection to the world so that we can feel enough? Because let's face it, it's going to be easier to feel enough when it's just you in a campfire by the ocean with a close friend in the wilderness or something. So the perspective is that the growth, the progress that we have felt and seen in culture has certainly come at a cost. And I would argue that a, a key aspect of this cost is our ability to be satisfied, our ability to feel grounded, our ability to feel connected without shame, without feeling, what's that adage, like alone but not lonely. Now, I have had a number of these experiences and despite, you know, personal or professional success or what it might have looked like on the outside, this feeling of hollowness of never enough. And again, I'm, I'm hoping that you can identify it there. You can think of some times in your life, maybe five minutes after you, you summited the peak when you realized that there was another peak or when you, um, won an award only to moments later realize that there was another award to win. If you've ever had those experiences or even shown up and to be a part of a group and, and you weren't actually welcome or you weren't satisfied with your performance, the, this is not, you are not alone, right? I mean, I, I have innumerable examples. I littered them throughout my book, creative calling. Um, two very simple ones come to mind. You know, I, I was arguably at um, 
living my dream. I had dropped out of graduate school, bailed on medical school, and you know, quit a career path to professional soccer to become a photographer. I had spent um, not eating, saving money to spend on film instead of rent. My wife was paying at the time was paying for a hundred percent of our expenses so that I could pursue my dreams. And I had over the course of just a handful of years risen to ostensibly one of the top action sports photographers in the world. I remember being in, I was shooting a Nike ad in Alaska, heli skiing, all covered and paid for and unlimited powder skiing with the best ski and snowboard athletes in the world. And I was caught in an avalanche. And you have to read the book to get the details, but suffice it to say, I came about as close to dying as you can come without dying. And I remember laying in bed that night and looking at the ceiling and wondering, what am I doing? What am I truly doing with my life? This is the pinnacle. I am on an unlimited, you know, helicopter skiing shoot, shooting for Nike with, I mean, it can't get any better. And, you know, for just, 10 hours earlier, I believed everything about my life that I was just sharing with you right there, that all those things were ultimate, the best. And then to come close to death and only to realize that, wow, what is all this about? Am I truly not just ticking some goals off of a list and not just feeling my own fire, but what am I doing for humanity? What am I contributing and I immediately, I went from in, in a 24 hour period, I went from living my best life to wondering what it all meant and feeling like I had not done anything to contribute outside of my one little selfish person. Uh, I can think of another time where I was on a, a photo shoot in New Zealand. It was a month-long shoot, hundreds of crew. Um, we were setting out just to make a handful of pictures. Got I me mean, like 20 or 30 pictures, I think, for a month. I mean, multi-million dollar budget. On this particular day, we had four helicopters flying people into the backcountry of New Zealand, shuttling people and gear and going to the most insane locations. We were shooting at just different mountain peaks and lodges in the New Zealand backcountry. And as I, I, I literally flying back from this, you know, day, sun is setting. It's some of the most epic, you know, epic. It should have been rather the most epic top of the world feelings, right? There is no higher place in to, to there's no no higher pedestal in photography than to get paying the amount I was getting paid and in my mind that was the the ultimate and yet I again felt this sort of emptiness of my bank account looks great my on paper everything looks great but inside there's some things that fundamental things that are not working, that are not connecting me to my work is all this performative. You know, I was asking these questions and it was, you know, one part imposter syndrome, two parts on we, 
boredom, uh, a dash of um, self-centered um, and three parts hollow Western soul who has, you know, climbed the mountain only to realize that there's not all that much up here and I need to find some true meaning. So what was going on there? And this is where I think today's micro show, my hope is that if we break down what was going on for me in those moments, I had come full circle on a dream. I had set a dream that had uh, a set of criteria that I had reached. In many ways, I hadn't dreamed large enough and I hadn't continued to evolve that dream. Because when I got to the, th the place and I had the things that I wanted before, I realized that this, I didn't feel fulfilled. I felt great on the journey, but when I had, I had reached the pinnacle of the vision that I had for myself, I hadn't continued to extend that vision. There was this gap, a gap between where I was and some other place. It was the epidemic of not enough. When I look back and I'm able to deconstruct what went on for me and potentially what may be going on for you or has gone on for you at some point in your past is at some point we end up finding ourselves in pursuit of something that we no longer value. That's not in line with our values. That is not in line with who we are at our core. And the fact that this changes for us is potentially one of the biggest mind warps out there. And one of the reasons I share these stories so transparently is, and they're, these are very uncomfortable moments for me, right? I mean, these are moments that I have never shared before. You're, you know, doing a multi-million dollar shoot in the coolest place on earth with the, your friends getting paid stupid money. I mean, these are the things that people who say you're, you know, a photographer, they don't even think this is possible. They think you're doing something else, right? You're walking the streets with your camera trying to, you know, sell a close-up picture of a flower. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I say these because these are these were very painful moments. And I, I don't reveal them because what people say or may say is like, boo-hoo, you're living it. And But this underscores my point, right? Where if you are walking the streets by yourself with a camera taking a picture, that can be the most fulfilling thing if you love the process right? If you love, because perhaps you were doing something you didn't want to do and you did everything to change your world, to be able to take a walk and take a picture with a flower. And I had done everything in my power to get to the place where I was directing shoots with hundreds of people, you know, thousands of miles away with million dollar budgets. But in both cases, what can be true is that we can, in those moments, realize that what we are doing starts to not feel enough. I think that is a, there's a little bit of a cultural sickness there. And I think when having come out the other side of this particular these particular examples and while I'm not completely free of these woes that plague us, I have developed a certain perspective that I want to share in the show right now uh, in hopes of helping you and honestly this is medicine for myself as well that 
when I'm able to do two particular things, the concept of not being enough goes away. And these are two pretty simple things that I realize are always available to us. Thing one is continuing to pursue new things that we find valuable. Keeping in mind that these things are always changing and evolving. It's fair to say that our dreams should evolve. But the punchline is, are you in love with the process? That is what I needed to re-engage in, in both of those examples that I shared with you earlier. Coming out of Alaska, I needed to realize that I was more than a photographer who wanted to do photo shoots for renowned brands in cool places. When I was recognizing that as I was on this photo shoot in New Zealand, that I had my values and my goals were different. And all I needed to do was reestablish my relationship, not with the end in mind, because if we do that, we're just going to climb another mountain and get to the top of that mountain and realize, but that I was in love with the process. For me, it was the process of creating, of building something new and exciting with other like-minded people. And the concept of more fortunately becomes a casualty. We no longer need bigger, faster, more because we enjoy the movements of what we are doing, the connections, the interactions, all of the small stuff. So again, one of these things, how can you find pure joy in the process? Less about the winning and losing, less about maximizing, hitting some summit, some new goal. I'm not saying goals are bad. I think goals are excellent. But to love the process, it takes the power away from this epidemic of never being enough. It takes it away in part. And the second thing, the second piece of my solution to really disarm this epidemic of not enough is awareness awareness and gratitude for who you are, where you are, what you're doing, what the fact that a life is a gift, the quality of being grateful for the entire range of experiences, not just standing on the mountaintop, but the act of putting one foot in front of the other. You've heard all of the cliche phrases, but if you can be grateful for where you are, These experiences, they create a certain levity to life that, frankly speaking, uh, if you're aware of any Eastern traditions, they have done a much better job. And this is where my uh, connection, my early gratitude practice and my awareness of, uh, of a different way to be in the world was really, uh, really opened up. In Eastern traditions, let's say Buddhism, for example, there's a wiring to suspend judgment. It's not that you're not good enough. 
It's that you have what you have and cultivating the ability to avoid suffering at any given time by being content with who you are, where you are right now can become a superpower. This is not to say that you can't have preferences or you can't strive to something. But when I started releasing myself from personal judgment, my entire universe transformed. This isn't to say you can't have preferences or strive, but by releasing personal judgment, it can actually be a slingshot. Could you imagine if you weren't so hard on yourself? If you didn't compare yourselves to others and look at your Instagram feed or someone else's bank account or car or house or uh, current position in the universe. If you could avoid being hard on yourself and judging in those moments. And instead, if you cultivated kindness and self-love and a celebration of everyone and wherever they are on their journey, could you imagine how much easier it would be to move in the direction of your dreams. Again, I use these two solutions that I mentioned above as the antidote for the epidemic of not feeling enough, falling in love with the process, making my visions big and being open to whatever form that journey might take. And being aware of being non-judgmental, of being kind to myself, of having gratitude for the moment that I'm in and the experiences, be they hard, be they uncomfortable. Again, pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. Again, for me, I use both of those solutions above, right? Loving the process and trying to remain free from judgment. Contentment, lack of self-judgment, as an example, this frees me from so much of what torments so many of my peers. And I'm saying this after, let's call it 20 years of practicing, right? I am not at all elite in this practice of contentment yet. But my awareness of this practice and my the skills that I am building toward avoiding self-judgment and my the depth of my gratitude practice for every step of the way, the painful parts and the joyful parts has been a force multiplier for me. And I believe it will be for you. Concurrently, life is way too short not to pursue your dreams. A quick story here on pursuing dreams. Uh, when it was, it became known publicly that Steve Jobs had cancer. Um, I was doing some work at the time with Apple, and uh, I happened to show up one day at number one Infinite Loop, which is the address of the former address because they've moved since, but uh, of Apple. And I walked straight in the front door of Apple to uh, for my meeting and as i was reaching for the door someone was coming out of the door actually it was two people two people steve jobs and johnny ive now i confess uh, I, I went to pull the door and there was someone pushing on their side and as i pulled i said oh oh i'm sorry and 
I was staring straight at Steve Jobs. The thing that threw me was I didn't actually recognize Steve because he did not look well. He, um, again, had been diagnosed with cancer and had been going through treatment. And I think his time at Apple was quite limited. He was, but he was still working. And so, of course, when I recognized and was like, oh, uh, oh, and he said, no, no, come on in. So he actually held the door for me, stepped aside. I stepped in past him and past Johnny Ive, and then they went through the open door, walked out, and I just instinctively grabbed my iPhone and snapped a picture of the two guys walking away. I'm looking at this picture right now for what it's worth. And I was instantly reminded in that moment of this Steve Jobs quote. And it was fascinating to be reminded by seeing Steve essentially headed towards death. You may be familiar with this um, speech that he gave in which he said the following words. Remembering that I'll be dead soon is the most important tool I've ever encountered to help me make the big choices in life. Because almost everything, all external expectations, all pride, all fear of embarrassment or failure, these things just fall away in the face of death, leaving only what is truly important. Remember that you are going to die is the best way I know to avoid the trap of thinking that you have something to lose. You are already naked. There is no reason not to follow your dreams. It just struck me. And the fact that I have this picture reminds me of those words and that day. And most importantly of this, of my tools to avoid the epidemic of never enough. So in closing two thoughts, first, remember when you wanted what you have right now, you are making progress and progress is not necessarily this endless churning of new goals right? You can have a preference, but remember progress, growth comes in so many ways that go beyond checking a box, beyond the summit of a mountain or a new promotion. And second, remember that you are enough right this second to pursue your curiosities, your interests, your passions. You have everything you need right now to get started, whether that's listening to another podcast, reading a book, taking a class, watching a video to learn how to do something, starting a business, filling a blank page. You have this right now to pursue your curiosities. Even if it isn't some highfalutin thing, the ability to pursue your passions, to pursue your curiosities. You have all of that in you at this moment. My ask, wrapping up this long and winding episode, this micro show today, and thank you for indulging me. I just have been suffered so many people that we talk about not being feeling enough. My ask that is this week if you could apply this shift in perspective and note how it impacts you, you don't even have to say anything to me on social. If you like the show or didn't like the show, you don't have to pass it on. This may be a deeply personal journey for you. 
But if you can engage in a practice of loving the process, and if you can gain awareness to be grateful for what you have, to be aware that life is a gift, to refrain from judging yourself, I think you'll be better off. Whew. All right. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Thank you for listening. I hope you have an amazing week. Just know that as you're making your way through the world, you have a fan. I am in your corner. I can't wait to see what you do. All right. Hey, thanks so much for listening. But And before you go, I wanted to say I really appreciate you joining me today. These conversations are the highlights of my week. And I'm always learning uh, something new from these guests, hopefully alongside you and you get value. Now, I know that so many of you have asked how you can support the podcast. Uh, we're sponsored by Creative Live. They foot the bill so I don't have to put ads for uh, underwear or cheap sunglasses or anything else like that uh, at the front end of the podcast. So just a handful of thoughts here. First, the hardworking, talented crew at Creative Live would love it. We would all love it if you are a subscriber uh, to Creative Live for you know 149 bucks a year, you get access to 2,000 classes. Um, if you are not, if you want to check that out, that's at CreativeLive.com/slash/CreatorPass, all in word. Also, importantly, sharing the takeaways and providing links to the show for any of the platforms that you've got social reach or a footprint. Even if your community is small, I believe that's the best way to spread the show. Small. Uh, connected, like-minded communities. Um, also, leaving a review uh, at any of the platforms where you listen to the show is huge for having it come up early in search results. So just a, a couple ways that you can help support the show. Uh, most of them are free. Uh, if you do want to check out the Creator Pass, I think you would love the subscription to Creative Live. But I just want you to know I am so grateful and um, hopefully you enjoyed this episode and are, are get your knees bent waiting for the next one to come out, which is probably, I don't know, tomorrow or the next day, or we will never stop. Thanks for being a part of the show.